0: Welcome to Mommy Diary, the podcast. I'm your host, Angela Kim. I'm a creative, lifestyle blogger, and mom of four. This podcast is all about honest stories of motherhood and real conversations with real mothers just like you. Unlike my Instagram account, not everything will be beautiful. I promise to be vulnerable and share stories of all the struggles and the incredible moments we all share as women and mothers. So do me a favor and screenshot this episode, add it to your IG stories, then tag me at Mommy Diary. I'd love to feature you on my Insta stories. We're all in this together, mamas. Let's dive into the show. Hi friends, welcome back to Mommy Diary, the podcast. Today is episode 10. I can't believe I already recorded 10 episodes. And I have a very interesting topic for you guys. I want to talk about 10 things I learned in 15 years of marriage. So yes, I am going on 15 years of marriage or is it 16? Oh, I'm losing track. I think I'm going on 16 years of marriage this year. And wow, that flew by. Um, For those of you who don't know, my husband and I have been friends since I was 16 years old. Our friends were dating at the time, you know, we're all in high school and it was really not like not really dating because it was just puppy love. We didn't have a car, we didn't have cell phones. So it was just a very like G-rated type of relationship. And I was the girl that the girl took and my husband, now my husband was the friend of her boyfriend. So that's how we met. So we we met through mutual friends. Uh, when I first saw him, I definitely did feel like he would just be a good friend to me. He was just always very like nice and kind and caring, and I just felt like he was a safe place. We spent hours talking on the phone when we were younger, on our landlines, if our parents allow us. So it was a very um innocent relationship or friendship that we had. And, you know, times passed. I had a boyfriend in high school. My very first, like, love, I guess. Well, I thought it was love. Looking back, it wasn't. When we graduated high school, I went off to college and my husband went to the military and he was stationed in Germany. So during this time, we wrote a lot of letters to each other. As you guys can tell I'm Mommy Diary, right? I used to love writing. I used to love writing letters. I would write letters and he wrote the sweetest letters back to me. And at the time, there were no cell phones. There were no phone calls. He would just call me once in a while. And I think we would meet just every time he comes back home just to visit. So we just had this like, you know, friendship for a long time. And it's during college that we really started dating, like the end of my college years and at the end of his Once he returned from military was when, I guess, we started feeling more like a man and a woman, although we were still kids. And yeah, we got married really young. I I was just graduating college. So I graduated in June, and I got married that year in November. And a lot of people were concerned for us because they thought that we were too young. But at the time, you know, I just felt so confident that he was the one he was definitely the friend that I could, you know, re- rely on. I felt like we're best friends and it was like really just genuine love. Like we had no money at the time. We didn't even have stable jobs. I was just working at a bank as a teller. He had a commission job. So we didn't even like know what we wanted to do in life, but it didn't matter. I think because we had youth on our side. We're so young, full of love, just like young lovers that you see in movies. That's what we were. And then we got married and boy, were we in for a rude awakening. So over the years, a lot has happened. You know, now when I look at him, 16 years later, four kids later, I still think he's my best friend. He is my best friend because I just feel most comfortable with him. And I'm not, I don't know. I guess some women, I don't, I don't mean to judge anyone, but they like to be with their girlfriends or they like to be out and without their husbands. But for me, I really feel more comfortable when my husband's around because I think we just kind of have this relationship where it's just very like open and honest and we could be ourselves. Even now, we are best friends. And I feel very, very comfortable with him. And I know that he's a person that knows me the best. I probably know him better than he knows himself. He may disagree, but I'm pretty confident I know him pretty well. So yeah, we have a very like friendship based relationship and marriage. So without further ado, I want to go into the 10 things I learned in 15, almost 16 years of marriage. First, number one, marriage is more than feelings. So this is something that I had to learn the hard way, you know, when we're young, we're dating, oh my gosh, you're so in love. It's all about romance and flowers and beautiful dinners and, you know, those like late night car rides and Just like kissing them brings like butterflies to your stomach. And it's just so beautiful. And that's great. That's where it all begins. But that is not what love is. Love is not those fluttery, you know, beautiful feelings. Although it can be, there are times where love is way more than that. And marriage is definitely more than feelings. There will be times when you want to quit. And trust me, I had plenty of those. There are going to be times when you just don't feel attracted to your spouse. Luckily, overall, I'm pretty attracted, like physical attraction has always been there between my husband and I. But does that mean I'm always attracted? No, there are times when I'm just like not even attracted to myself, right? So how can you be attracted to your spouse all the time? And there will be times when you feel really lonely, and you don't feel listened to or cared for, because you're just kind of you know, doing your own things and looking at different directions. And that's okay. That's a normal part of marriage. It's important to constantly work through those feelings. But just because you're lonely, just because you feel not cared for at the time, doesn't mean that the marriage is bad. It just means that that's how marriage is. When I say uncared for, it doesn't mean like being in an abusive relationship. What I mean is like, You just feel like he's not really checking in on you when you're feeling sad or when you're feeling upset about something, you know, because we might be in a different point of our lives that day. It really depends on what the other person's feeling and going through. And we have to respect that. There will be times when you're just so busy, especially with many kids like us, where you're just so busy with work and kids that you don't really have time for each other. And yeah, of course, you know, before we would try to have regular date nights, but when you have a lot of kids, it's hard. And sometimes if you don't have childcare, you don't have a reliable babysitter, um, maybe you just can't afford a babysitter at the time. There could be many reasons when you really can't have date nights. So while date night is great, I think sometimes there are going to be those stages in your life where you can't afford a date night for whatever reason. Um and you have to push through even without, you know, feeling super connected. Like that's marriage. Again, marriage is more than feelings. And oh, this is something that I think is so interesting. Like what you love about your spouse is going to be what you hate the most about them. And this is like my own personal theory. But check this out, right? These these are just some examples. Like. You married your husband because he's funny, right? And you love a sense of humor. Once you get married, you might find that he jokes around too much or like nothing is serious to him. You're talking about something really serious, but he just keeps cracking jokes and that can annoy you. You know, that's one way. Another example is like they're really great listeners. Like my husband was like this and they're just so great listeners. They're so caring or it seems like they're super empathetic. And then you get married and you realize that's all they do. They just listen. They don't really know what to say. They don't really know how to express themselves. I think this is a problem that a lot of men have, is just being in tune with their emotions. And that's something hopefully gets better with marriage and therapy. But if you are in a marriage where you feel like your husband is not very expressive about his feelings, please have some grace and love for that too. Because that's a very, very common trait in males today. It just comes from like toxic masculinity, being taught not to feel, not to cry when I think sometimes men can be even more sensitive. Boys are just as sensitive as girls. That's a whole nother topic about gender stereotypes, but that's something that I think we need to break through because we understand gender in a different way, in a more fluid way. Let's say you married your husband because they're so, like, charismatic. They're just, like, you know, like, very, like, manly and so attractive because they're, like, mm, like, they go and they go out and get it. And then once you get married to them, you might feel like, oh, he's kind of, like, really loves attention or he's, like, kind of full of himself. You know, there are men like that. And some women gravitate towards these really strong, kind of, like, macho, like, give me all the attention. I'm at the center stage type of males. And once you get married to them, you may feel like it gets old. You don't like it so much, you know? And like another example is like they're so free spirited and they're just very laid back and, you know, they don't really like get mad about anything, which is a great trait. But on the flip side of that, when you get married to them, you might feel like they're really messy and they're unorganized, you know, or like let's say the guy is like super clean and very detail oriented and you love that about them and you get married to them. And they're like OCD and controlling, you know, like these are just some examples in which there which shows you there are two sides to the same trait. So and those are things that you don't really need, like you don't really see until you get married so funny, but I see this like coming up over and over again. This is something I had to learn is if you're, if you relate to any of those examples that I gave you, if you know that, okay, I love this about my husband or my wife, and yeah, that's exactly what annoys me about them, then hey, you're not alone. That's marriage. As long as you have that foundational, like, connection, then yeah, all these other things, that's just the way marriage is. Marriage is way more than feelings and perfection. And that's just the way people live their marriage. So this leads to my next point, you have to be best friends first. My husband really is my best friend. I have, you know, a few close girlfriends that I confide in that I consider close. But you know, there are things that just like there are things that you tell your girlfriends that you can't really tell your husband, or there are things that you tell your, you know, your guy friends that you can't really tell your wife, there are going to be things that you can only tell your spouse, because they do understand you, and they know you in a more intimate way than anybody else. So I think that's very important to any successful marriage is to be best friends first. Mutual respect is so important, you know, having Respect for both parties. It should be a two-way street. There will be times when you know you you need a little more, and your spouse gives you a little more. Or there are gonna be times when your spouse needs a little more, and you gotta give a little more. What you do for your spouse and what your spouse does for you can look different, but the most important thing is that there is something that you do for them. You know when they need it. Yeah, and there's time. This is my third point. There's time to give and there's time to receive at the beginning of our relationship, I caused more trouble. I was like in college, you know, I would party and go to these things. And, you know, I had friends around. And I think my husband was, he seemed more mature at the time. He's one year older, and he just felt like more stable. And when we got married, oh my god, that's when I realized, okay, wait a minute, like, what's going on? You know, so Once we got married, I feel like my husband caused more trouble, whatever trouble means. And I had to kind of just like step in and be like, hey, that's not okay. But wow, I guess it's not one-sided, right? That's what really, you know, marriage really teaches you. It's not all about you anymore. I think when I got married to my husband, I felt like he was more stable, more grounded, more mature than me. I felt like he was a safe place. And when I got married, I learned that I have to be that safe place for him too. And I never thought about that part. I didn't think about being the person to give back. I think when I was looking for my ideal mate, I was looking for someone that's going to fill me and serve me and do things for me. And through marriage, I've learned that's not the case. You know, it should truly be a fair and your spouse is not, you know, perfect. And there are going to be times when you have to just embrace your spouse's mistakes and flaws and their shortcomings. And yeah, when I was struggling with depression, postpartum depression, I was definitely a lot more on edge. I was angry. I mean, I that was a really dark period of my life. And, you know, I thank my husband for just being there. I don't think he was like the best supporter because he was young too. I think he was being hurt as well by my illness and my inability to find joy in motherhood. He was affected, but the fact that he was just there, you know, he was there still going to work, providing for the family, and just doing whatever he can to help, even though it wasn't perfect. The fact that he was still there for me. I mean, he doesn't, he's a guy, so he doesn't really talk about it. But I feel like he struggled during that time, too. Because, you know, there are now studies that say men can also have depression after babies, too. And my husband does tell me that when my first daughter was born, he felt kind of left out. I was totally just leaning um, towards my mom because, I felt very unequipped to be a mom. So I just relied on my mom 100% when I should have relied more on my husband. But I think at the time, I completely just like unintentionally though, I didn't think I didn't know I was doing this. But looking back, I think I kind of dismissed his role in parenting because I was just so lost. And I felt like, you know, I couldn't really lean on him. And perhaps, you know, I couldn't. But the point was, I should have. And that's how we communicate and grow. The way we were the couple that we were in our, you know, mid 20s, and who we are now, we're so different. We've grown so much. So during that time, it was really difficult. But when I look back, I still have a lot of love and empathy for the couple that we were, because that's how we've learned. And that's why we're we're where we're at today. And I feel like those struggles, like going through those struggles together, it does bring you closer when you look back. Oh, and there was like times when he was so busy building his business. My husband is like the the ultimate entrepreneur where he works so hard and it's, almost like it's not just for money. He is just a natural born like entrepreneur. He's a businessman. So he's like, go, go, go. I mean, his mind is always working. Like he has a successful business or a project. He's thinking about the next one. He's like a very, he's like a go-getter. I didn't know that when I got married to him. I'm glad that he's that way, but there are times when, especially when the girls were younger, where I felt like he wasn't there for me enough because just, just time wise, I needed quality time and he was so busy building his business. And I'm sure, you know, for him being in his mid twenties, he has two kids now and, you know, we started off with nothing and he had to build something to support us. And I understand that from a male's perspective, but from a female's perspective, from the perspective of a mother, of a new mom, of two young children, I would have loved to have him more, have him home more. You know, there were days when, you know, he had business meetings and he had dinners and I really wanted him home and he couldn't make it home and I would feel resentful. I still remember this one time I was so sick. I had a really, really bad cold. And I woke up with the fever, a high fever, and he had to go to work. And I was really, really hurt because he had to go to work. And um, I guess that's just uh, the reality of running your own business. You don't have the luxury of taking time off. And, you know, I think he has something really important that day. I don't know. It was so long ago. But, you know, there were moments like that where I felt very like neglected, like uncared for and, you know, resentment built up. And that happens in marriage, you know, but sometimes when those things happen, you just have to try to understand, communicate and forgive each other because I'm sure there are times when our spouse feels that way about us too. Um, number four, you always have to have an open communication. You have to be honest and show your complete and true self. And I know there are many couples who get married without truly knowing themselves or they're always putting their best foot forward. And I think in this way, we're lucky. My husband and I were lucky because we met when we we're so young, we're so innocent that we didn't even know like how to hide who we were. So we were just ourselves. We're 100% our authentic selves. And I think that really helped with our marriage because there were no surprises. Well, there were, there are some things that I feel like I had to learn about my husband, but I don't think it's because he was hiding it. It's more like he grew over time. You know, the man that he was in his 20s is not the man he is in his 30s and ongoing 40s. And you have to clearly explain your needs and your wants. Your needs are different. Your needs can be like your quality time, or maybe you do need A card once in a while, nice handwritten card. For me, that's big. And I think it comes from like our earlier days where I felt very connected to him when we used to write letters. And my husband's a busy guy. Like he's, you know, he's a guy. He doesn't really express his emotions that much. But when I, on special days, when he writes me a card, I feel like that's like a reminder of, oh wow, like he's still the same guy. That's when I can sense that. That sameness that brings me comfort and that's my love language. So I told him, I need you to write me a handwritten card on, you know, every, every chance you can get birthdays, anniversaries, Mother's Day or whatever. And I'm sure he doesn't think he's probably thinking like, why? That's kind of lame. I can just get you a gift or buy you flowers or whatever. But you know, he doesn't question it. He does it for me. And you know, I really appreciate that. And there are wants, you know, there are wants like, I guess physical gifts, what woman doesn't like gifts or, you know, vacations once in a while is nice. Everyone has different needs and wants. So there is no right need or want. But it's very important to express that to your spouse. So your spouse gets you. And you know, if you have fear of being honest, being open with yourself with your spouse, you should really think about why because love and marriage is not between two people who put their best foot forward. Marriage is between two people who are flawed, who make mistakes. They're human, but you love each other through it all. That's what unconditional love is. And and I believe unconditional love, this friendship, is the most important foundation of any successful marriage. So if you don't have that, um, I think that's why a lot of marriages come to a divorce. Not because, you know, not always because one person made such a huge mistake, but you're just pretty much either saying, you know what? I don't love you unconditionally. I can't do that for you. I can't go that far for you, which is totally fine. And I understand. And I, uh, I think there are times when divorce is necessary. So for me, I really like acts of service. I think because I'm a mom of four, before this didn't matter because I was very independent. I can handle my life. I'm trying not to curse. So I don't have that explicit button on my episode. But yeah, you know, sometimes I feel like really, really pulled from different directions. And I don't need anything else from my husband, but just some help, you know, doing the dishes or taking the kids out. Uh, for, uh, you know, my husband's really great at that. He'll just take the kids out of the house so I can focus on work or just so I can just have some less noise in the house because he knows how hard it gets for him. I think for a lot of men, it's physical touch and words of affirmation. Um If you're a lady out there listening to this, trust me, all men want and need words of affirmation. I think often because they don't say they need it, it's like, it's kind of really easy for us to get caught up in our daily lives and we feel like oh they know like they already know we love them and we appreciate them but I realize that it's not true you know there are times when you have to say you know what honey I really appreciate you doing that and I'm a lot better at it so I'll tell them like hey honey thank you so much for taking the kids out today that really helped me or hey thanks so much for cooking it's delicious it's little things like that that really go a long way and I don't think if your husband is like mine, or if your wife is like mine, like they don't need a lot, you know, it's just as long as they feel that sense of genuine sincerity and love and openness, I think that's enough to carry you through those hard days. Again, I'm not talking about like abusive relationships, just more in like, you know, a relationship where you two truly genuinely love each other. Number five, you have to have something of your own. And I learned this the hard way. You guys know my story about going through depression. I was under the assumption that I was going to be living this stay-at-home life because I had to because of my special needs daughter. And I realized, okay, this is not for me. And I found so much happiness and joy after finding my soul purpose. And if you want to um, listen more about how you can do that, you can go back to episode three on finding your soul purpose. But yeah, it's so important to have something of your own, whether it's a hobby, could be a job or, you know, like a, I don't know, like something you feel passionate about. Whatever it is, I think it's really important to have that separately, like separate from your husband. I thought when you're married, like you share everything because my parents are that way. They're, you know, older generation. My parents are the best like couples, by the way. They're so cute together. But I realized that works for them. It doesn't work with me and my husband because my husband is very like independent and so am I. So for us, the standard of marriage that I saw growing up did not work for us. So it took me some time to figure that out and that's okay. Like your marriage might look totally different than your parents and that's totally okay. Just a matter of finding it and being okay with that and making sure that it's working for both people. And I think my husband, on the other hand, like his parents and my parents, it's so weird because they are still married, happily married, and they're a very, very beautiful, like the ultimate epitome of parents who made it. They're both happily married, but their marriage kind of looks different. My parents are very like vocal people, like they might argue and they might get into things, but I, I, for me, it was very normal and they love each other. They're just communicating their differences. And I know my parents went to like their own, you know, marriage retreats. I saw them working hard through their marriage. Like my parents used to write. Like journals, diaries to each other. I remember seeing this. So it kind of, I think looking back, I'm very thankful for them modeling a healthy marriage or this like continuous, like this need to make it work and communicate. They never gave up. And when I see them now and they're so happily married, like they set the standard for me. And that's like the goal that I have. And my husband, same thing. My in-laws are very, very uh, amazing people. My father-in-law was a pastor. So I'm sure it was very hard even for my mother-in-law to kind of be the supporting role of that. But their marriage, on the other hand, is like they're not, they don't really fight. I don't think my parents ever saw the fight growing up. So even though we have, you know, happily married parents, the marriage that they showed us were different. And that's something that we had to figure out over time you know, his idea of marriage of this, like, not really communicating, not fighting. He told me he thought that fighting was bad, where I was taught that fighting is normal, and it's good. And when I say fight, I don't mean like, crazy, you know, like violent fights. I mean, like bickering, like just arguing, you know, getting your point across or trying to have your needs met. And I, I still see it as a necessary aspect of a healthy marriage. I think what's important is like how you're fighting, you shouldn't be using certain words, and you can't really be saying things, you know, there are still boundaries that you keep. But I still believe that there are healthy arguments in marriage. And, you know, we have to we have to meet halfway. But, you know, he has his own life, and I have mine, he has his own group of friends that he needs. And I respect that. I have mine. I'm actually a less social person, so I need that less. But, you know, my husband needs his time with his guy friends and kind of apart from me and the family, and I respect that because those are his needs. And number six, also very important to kind of really understand each other's personalities when I say that, all their strengths and their weaknesses. Like my husband, he's like, he likes to joke around. He has a great sense of humor He's playful. He's a, he's a high energy parent. He's a parent that like plays with my kids that they love. And I'm the parent that's always cleaning up after them or making sure that their, you know, homework is done. I'm the one that does all of, you know, Lisa's like special needs stuff. So I'm like the detail oriented, the responsible, like organized parent. And my husband is like the spontaneous, high energy parent. So you know, at times when we we're trying to figure this out, it would get really hard because I didn't know that he has a different role in this and that it's okay. Like that what he does for the kids is not going to look the same as what I do for the kids. Oh my gosh, when we first got married, we used to argue so much or I used to be really upset because he's more on the messy side and I'm on the neater side so when he makes a mess and like not close things and you could be the messier spouse too but you understand this dynamic like you know he will leave things open lids are open you know he eats something everything's out on the kitchen counter after I've cleaned it and I used to get so mad you know and now you know there are times again this is why self-care is so important because now if I if my love tank is full and I see that It's like, oh, how cute. He's just being himself. He's just leaving everything, you know, around like, okay, I'll clean that up for him. And I won't even be upset about it or talk about it. But when my tank is empty, when I see that, that can like really piss me off. And I'm sure you guys can relate to this. This is why practicing regular self-care is so important because it's going to make us more tolerant of our spouses too. And it's going to make us, allow us to have more space for them, even for those aspects that are different for us. And I don't want to say like there one is right and one is wrong because everyone's so different. There really is no right or wrong way to be. We are just all different. You know, if you have multiple kids, you know, some kids are just really clean and organized and responsible and some kids are just not and that's okay. Like, The kids who are messy might be more creative. The kids who are not organized, maybe they're meant to, you know, be like amazing athletes or they have other purpose in life. It's not always going to look the same. So, you know, I hope we become the parent that allows not only our spouses, but our children to have those differences and embrace it as who they are. This does not mean, you know, it's not important to have a set good habits. I am a firm believer of, you know, giving them chores. We want to, you know, make sure that they're cleaning and doing these things. But I assure you, not everyone's going to continue to do it because we're all different. Every child is made differently. You know, every person is different. And, you know, it finally took me this many years to realize everyone is different. It's okay. It doesn't mean they're wrong. It just means they're different. Number seven, you have to like step in and fill in for each other and just kind of like hold it down when, when you know they need something. Like, for example, my big thing is I need my beauty sleep. I need it. I call it beauty sleep, but it's like my sanity sleep. If I'm lacking sleep, I'm just not, you know, a good person overall. Like I'm not productive. I'm just really, really unhappy. I'm grumpy. So. I make sure I get enough rest. So my husband knows that. And I know it annoys him, but he'll fill in for me. So a lot of the early morning duties he gets. But once I'm up, you know, I'm up. And then if if he can nap, I'll let him nap or rest in other ways. That's my thing. But for him, like he gets hangry. Like he really needs to eat. And, you know, he doesn't like not being, I guess he doesn't like being hungry. And when he gets hungry, he can get kind of like, irritable. And I understand that. So I make sure that he's not too hungry. And when he gets kind of like, annoyed with me, I know, okay, it's because of that, you know, so there are like things that you just have to understand about each other. You know, he loves to be out like he needs his guy friends. I don't need it as much because I'm very like focused on my work. And these things really bring me joy. So you know, I know he needs more of that. And that's okay. And on the, on the flip side of it, he probably knows I need more like alone time. I need time to just like sit in my office, work, you know, read or meditate or journal. So there are times when I'm sure he gets annoyed. Like, why does Angela need all this time to herself? Which I don't get by the way anymore, but you know, he, he understands. So like overall, we've learned that, you know, he does all the big overarching stuff, like, planning for vacations, or planning our date nights, you know, getting things fixed around the house, or, you know, looking for something, you know, whether it's a vacation spot or a new home, like he does a lot of the big things, and I take care of the small, detail oriented things, because that's where our strengths lie. And we've learned that this about each other so you can't expect a person to do everything like it's really important to get in that role and you know just stay consistent and just you know show up in ways that you can number eight respect each other's space and boundary I cannot reiterate this enough you can't control each other you know I think a lot of um, unhappy couples it's because they're like micromanaging you can't micromanage your spouse's work or their friends or their lives, their hobbies, you can't, you can't control that. And you need to be okay with that. Like, for example, my husband, when we got married, he had a few tattoos, but not like big ones, you know, and he decided he wanted a sleeve. So I was like, okay, honestly, frankly, wasn't a big fan. I think it looks really great on him. I find it very sexy on him now. But when he wanted it, I didn't like it. But then I also realized, I don't want to be the person to, prevent him for doing something that he loves to do. And, you know, know that, okay, my wife is someone that makes me like not want to, I'm not a parent, you know, I can't control that. So he has a like a whole like arm sleeve and then tattoo and like his parents didn't like it. I remember his mom was like, why did you let him do that? I think my mom said the same thing. They're Korean mothers. They don't like tattoos that big and that visible. They both told me, you know, why did you let him do that? And I said, Hey, it's not, my decision you know he's a grown man and he wants tattoos and I can't really stop that so he also has like this tattoo of like this big like girl's face and I was like who is that girl I don't know what that stands for he got it tattooed by some really famous tattoo artist and you know that's what he drew up for him and that's what he likes and you know I can't manage that I think men really don't like to be micromanaged I mean I don't think anybody does like I personally hate that so you know, you can't do that to each other. Just because you're married doesn't mean that you can be all over each other's space and boundaries. So you know, like having boundaries is, is key, having that trust, just knowing that they're going to handle their life, and I'm going to handle mine. And like, even as I run my business, sometimes because he's a he has, he's a more experienced businessman, he'll give me some pointers or what he thinks. And sometimes I do listen, I do take a lot but sometimes I'll tell him hey this is like this is my work and I'll handle it and he respects that and so I think that's really important just having that mutual respect but I do think there are certain key things like core values that are important to agree on which my husband and I have like politics you know, like current affairs, you know, we agree on family values, religion, we're pretty similar, like we're on the same page for that food, we love the same kind of food. And you know, just what we like in general, like where we like to go on vacations, like all these things line up pretty well. So allow for differences. But you know, I I do feel like those core traits have to match up. If they don't, it's going to, make the marriage hard. Like I don't know how I can be married to someone with like complete opposite like political views as me because I feel very strongly about those things. So I think those core values do have to match up. But other things, you know, they're like not as important. You know, there are more minor differences and you just have to allow for differences. Number nine, you have to allow for growth and change. Your spouse will change and You know, I see these memes floating around social media, like someone, if someone tells you, you've changed, and you're supposed to be like, yeah, you're right, I did change. I don't know why. I think when we were younger, we viewed change as a bad thing, as if changing is like saying, okay, we've become like, I don't know, we've sold out. I don't know. I don't know why that became a thing. But I remember when I was younger, I thought changing was a bad thing. But change is a great thing. You know, we're all meant to grow. We're meant to change. So you know, especially in marriage, when you're married for a long time, before us, we're going on 16 years, I can assure you we have changed. My husband has changed, I have changed. And you know, values can change too. And that's just part of marriage, you're supposed to grow together and your spouse isn't going to be the same. So if your spouse is changing, like for example, my husband with his tattoos, oh my gosh, guys, like he was the ultimate pretty boy. <laughs> and I loved pretty boys, Like I am kind of into like, kind of the artistic artsy you know pretty boy look and that's that was like always my what I was attracted to and that's what my husband was when we got married but now when you see him like his style is totally changed he's like kind of has like this west coast hip-hop bad boy look I guess and that's really truly who he is I am looking back sometimes I would ask him like you look so different from when we got married and he does A lot of like people who who didn't know him earlier, when they see his old pictures, they are surprised at how much he's changed. Looking back, I realize it's not that he's changed. This is who he always was. And, you know, when you're in your mid-20s living with your parents, you don't really see that. Like You don't really realize who you are. And I think we're coming into who we are as we grow into our 30s and into our 40s so that change change is natural. You know, but that was very shocking to me. I'm okay with it. And I, I love that, that he's able to be who he is with me. And I hope that's something that you guys keep in mind too. Like your spouse will change. You might, you might see certain traits in them that you didn't realize existed. But again, when you're married to somebody and they're your best friend and you love them unconditionally, we have to embrace that change as well. Number 10. This is the most important. I think it's really important to know that soulmates exist, but soulmate relationship is not meant to be perfect. This is like the myth that a lot of us are told, you know, soulmates, they complete you and they're your other half. They're your missing half. As if soulmate relationships are meant to just be so effortless and harmonious and just very compatible But, oh my goodness, you guys, that is the biggest BS I've heard that I was taught and I really had to unlearn that soulmate relationships are not meant to be perfect. Soulmate relationships are meant to teach you lessons. Yes, let me repeat that again. Soulmate relationships are meant to teach you lessons. Like, my gosh, I wish I knew that earlier. So I do believe my husband and I are soulmates. Like, we read each other's minds. We kind of just get each other. Sometimes I know what he's thinking just by like looking at him, being in the same room with them. And I think part of it is because we're so connected as friends and as, you know, lovers, but it's also because we were like family, you know, you've, you've been living side by side, you know, sleeping, the sharing the same bed like you're really like exchanging your energy. So I know him really well and he is my soulmate, but does that mean he was perfect for me? No. What I mean by that is he's not like my perfect mate, but he does help me to love more perfectly. He taught me what unconditional love means. You know, loving through hardship, loving through struggles, even loving him when I don't like what he's doing or I don't agree with his thoughts. Loving him, even though he has a separate life, certain things away from me. And because that's what works for my, our relationship. But when I say that, I'm kind of careful because I know there are some of you guys out there who are very like interdependent or even codependent. And that's what brings you joy. And that's what works for you guys. I think that's great. But I think for my husband and I, for me personally, we operate better when we're together, but we still have our um, separate lives, our independent roles outside of the marriage. And that it took some time for me to figure that out. And then to separate myself from my parents' marriage. And, you know, I see some women, and this is just like generally, who really want like their spouse to just be with them and only care about them and only look at them. And, and I think that kind of uh, behavior comes out of insecurity. Like if you're truly secure in your relationship, you shouldn't have to need that. And that's something that we have to work through. You know, soulmate relationships exist to make our love more perfect. It does not mean that the spouse is perfect. And that's the biggest distinction, the greatest takeaway that I learned in my 16 years of marriage. And by learning to love my husband better, more more wholeheartedly, by being there when he needs me, and by witnessing him being there when I need him, and you know, just going through like shit together. Oh gosh, I guess I have to drop that S word. But yeah, sometimes you go through shit, whether it's related to parents or siblings or, you know, children. And that's part of marriage. So when I have to give advice, let's say I, if you are not married, I feel like if you're looking for your spouse, don't focus on feelings because feelings are going to change. Don't focus on Their actions either because even those actions can change over time, you know, and there could be more actions that come out in the marriage that might turn you off. So you can't base it on those things. Don't get married for their job title. Their jobs can change. Don't get married for money. Money can change as well. All of these are temporary, changeable factors in life that you should never base love on. But when you do seek your other half, like find people who really makes you feel safe to be yourself, where you don't have to hide parts of yourself, who loves you for who you are, even with all your flaws. And I think it's really important to like know that before marriage, because if you just put out this like perfect front, and then you get married and things start happening, like how will you guys handle that? How will you guys manage that without this foundational best friend relationship and knowing that the love is not based on feelings. It's going to be really hard to get through that. Find someone that not only makes you feel safe and secure to be who you are, but someone that you want to work for, you know, someone that you are willing to learn and change for. And when I say change, I mean positive changes, not in a bad way. And I want to reiterate again that none of these tips matter. None of these apply to abusive relationship. What I'm just talking about is just healthy relationships where both people are equals. Then, you know, you want to spend your, the rest of your life with someone that you love enough to change and to learn and to grow and whose flaws that you can embrace out of love, you know, out of loyalty, out of a sense of um, responsibility because They are that person who chose you and you chose them. And just that choice carries a lot. Love is not just feelings. Love is choice. And it's something that you make every day when you wake up. And there are times when it's going to be hard to make that choice. But don't be so quick to give up. Always think big. Look at the big picture. I think that's one of my biggest tips in life is... Don't focus so much on the day-to-day because you know, look at the big picture. Really think about what kind of marriage do I want and try to work towards that. I guess I'll talk about our therapy experience on a later episode because the episode is getting really long, but my husband and I have been in marriage therapy for years. We've gone through many different therapists and we're not seeing a therapist anymore regularly. We are doing a lot better. We're at a point where... You know, we can operate, we can, we can have a, have a good, fair, respectable, intimate relationship without it. But there was a time when we used to go every week and we've gone to therapists and it was very, very good for us. Marriage therapy is something I highly recommend for any of you who are having some issues. And even if you're not having issues, it's so important because it really helps to learn to understand each other and to really put each other's needs and wants before just thinking about yourself. And it really brings you out of your own world that can sometimes be like narrow-minded or one-sided and really keeps you, you know, looking at the marriage as a whole rather than a part, which is yourself. So with that said, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you guys found my 10 things that I've learned in my 16 years of marriage useful. Let me know what you guys think by reaching out to me on Instagram. Drop me a DM or email me. Thank you guys so much and I'll be back next week with another fresh episode. Thanks so much for listening to Mommy Diary, the podcast. If you can relate to any of my stories, my hope is that you leave this episode feeling a little less alone and a lot more inspired. For more parenting and lifestyle stories, head over to my blog, mommy-diary.com or join me on Instagram at mommydiary. If you're loving this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and leave a five-star review. I love connecting with you, so send me a DM and let me know what you'd like to hear next.